Discipleship for Busy Blokes. It's my absolute pleasure to welcome Darren Passmore to Discipleship for Busy Blokes podcast, episode five. Uh, Darren, really nice to have you with us today. It's great to be here. Thank you. Darren, would you like to kick off, uh, just introduce yourself to us? Uh, so whereabouts are you from? What do you do? Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, I'm, my name is Darren Passmore. I'm from High Wycombe, which is in Buckinghamshire. I'm a father of, of two, two boys. Uh, they're 28 and 30. So I started quite a long time ago. Um, my eldest son is expecting a baby in February, which is going to be exciting. I'm currently studying uh, applied theology at Regent's Theological College, uh, doing it part-time. What was the thing that prompted you to pursue the idea of study and to to develop yourself further in that way? Uh, I think back in 2015, um, Alan Osborne, who's a friend of ours, but also pastor at church where I used to be, and he kind of mentioned about studying. I think he was probably the catalyst that, I could say it was his fault, but he was the catalyst behind the idea and, and, and your input as well, Nick, from being my previous pastor as well, that you, you wanted to invest in me in a discipleship way. And I think it was just keep pushing on those doors. Yeah. And if and if they kept opening, I would keep pushing on the doors and they've, they've been opening uh, ever since. Yeah, God has this habit of doing that, doesn't he? Yeah. You kind of set out something with him and say, okay, well, I'll, I'll knock on the door, or I'll push the door. And if it opens, then that's the sign to walk through. And if it's not open, I won't. And yeah. quite often, I don't know about you, but I found that the doors just are open and it's time to go and, and take that risk yeah so so yeah. you you had the original idea back in perhaps 2015 time and then i think so yeah, yeah you've gone for it and you're now doing this four four year program is that right is that part-time it's it's a part-time program um each full-time year for me is two years so okay. i've just started the fourth year god knew that i would need that time to learn and grow and reflect so getting me to do the degree over three years probably would have been uh, too much for me so you maybe know. a little too intense isn't yeah it? And I, I know some so. people have got you know they've got different approaches to learning and, and ways of absorbing things and yeah has there been anything so far in your studies that's uh, that God's really spoken to you about like pick out a couple of highlights for us as your you know from your journey of studying what's God been saying to you I think God's been saying that I can trust him and he's got me on the journey of finding out who I am and what I'm capable of, which is, it sounds odd without maybe some background history, but being um, adopted when I was 10 days old and having suffered rejection issues, that's been quite a challenge to know who, who I am. I think perhaps people who've maybe just been born into a family and the, you know, the, the biological setup is all kind of there and yeah. you know who your dad is, you know who your mum is and you just... As a kid, you just grow up taking that for granted. When that's not quite the case, it can have the effect of knocking your confidence, can't it? How do you think God's instilled confidence into you, do you think? He's certainly not taking the uh, the easy route. Um, <laughs> I've had to do a lot, of, a lot of things that have been out of my comfort zone, um, preparing for exams and sitting through exams, writing research papers, um, hosting church services, preaching, which I did for the first time last year. For me to actually stand up in front of people and preach was a huge issue for somebody that had, you know, low self-esteem and low confidence. So God's been teasing that out of me. He's been saying, trust me, you know, you can do this. You don't know that you can do it yet. Yeah. But I'm going to put you in positions where you have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes putting yourself on the hook 
and saying, no, this is coming, this event, and I have to do this. Yeah. There's a healthiness to that, which is it's terrifying, and yet at the same time, it's good for you, isn't it? It pushes you, it pushes you forward. Have you got any advice for, for blokes that maybe struggle to know how to do what you're doing, which is to put yourself out of your comfort zone? What's the, any formulas or any kind of ideas for how you can get out of your comfort zone and push yourself? I think for me, it's a case of um, I tried it my own way for so long and made a bit of a hash of life. Oh, yeah, I, I can, can, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of guys will identify with that. Yeah, yeah go on, carry on. Sorry. And I and I just um, after a journey away from church, I came back twelve years later, and I just decided to do things God's way. I'm not perfect. I'm I'm on the journey, and I'm realizing that it is a journey, and we're all at different stages. We all do things differently. God deals with us differently because He made us all all individual. And I think, like you, like you said, when you know you've got an event coming up, there's a there's an opportunity for you to say no, or there's an opportunity for you to say yes. And you know what the yes is going to mean. You're going to have to do something yeah, that gets yeah, you out exactly. of your comfort zone. Yeah. But but when you do that, you just trust that God's in it with you. I remember the first time I was going to preach, I was at a prayer meeting, and uh, Pastor Scott. Pash got everyone around me and just said he's going to be preaching for the first time let's all lay hands on him and pray and literally I floated into the weekend after that prayer Yeah. and as soon as I got out of my chair to walk up to the, the lectern and preach just God enabled something in me to do that and, he, and he's enabled me ever since but it's it's a partnership, we still feel that pain or that nervousness about having to preach or host or whatever these things God might be calling us to do. But it's having that trust in him as father. That's um, great. And so knowing that you can trust him. So there's, there's a trust of God that he's going to come through for you. There's yeah. that putting yourself on the hook to do the event and to say yes to it. There's the, the willingness to take a risk in God. Um, you also said something quite interesting that Scott, your pastor, got everybody around you to pray for you. Do you think that's a really important part of taking risks in God, that you get a community around you? I think it is, but what do you think about that? Is that... You know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I alluded to earlier with uh, self-confidence issues, it's so important for blokes to feel that they have people around them that they're going to encourage them, they're going to be affirmed for who they are and, and championed. Uh, if somebody feels like God's calling them to do something, we get around them and we encourage them. Very good. We are that band of brothers to yeah. coin Mark Lyndon Jones there. But yeah, he, he, you know, his his thing is, you know, just for those of you listening, Mark Lyndon Jones leads Elam's uh, national men's ministry, and and it, he has a weekend called Band of Brothers, doesn't he? And yeah, uh, yeah. we were both on that just recently, and we were. and Mark's very much into this idea that men can get around each other, pray for each other, spur each other on, encourage each other, and that we're not great at doing that naturally, but church gives us an excuse to do that a bit more. Great to hear that that component has gone into helping you take steps out of your comfort zone. Just also then picking up on something you said about being an encouraging person. What's what's the kind of encouragement that's really helped you as a person? When 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 have you been most encouraged by somebody and what what was that like? But I think it's just having those men that are peers to myself that see something in you and then they they just know that God's got something planned for you and they invest in you like like you did with me Nick and with Alan as well it's that discipleship I think yeah. mm -hmm. and it's just seeing something in somebody and um, investing in them showing them that you care showing them that even though 
they might not think they can do something or they're worthy or whatever the challenges they might be feeling that you just come alongside them and it's that discipleship it's like hey you know god loves you and i'm here to support you and i don't always feel like we get a huge amount of that in church i don't know whether there's a generation that don't invest in the younger generations coming up for whatever reason my father left when i was 13 14 and my parents were getting divorced and that wasn't long after they told me I was adopted, so my my world that I knew had completely that was completely, completely collapsed. Well, wow, um, those are very big things for a, yeah. a lad of that age to go through. Yeah, and it, it it's still taken me time to go through that, but I think God's taken me on the long journey because of shutting down emotionally, and you know I had two emotion, well you know I had no emotion, and I had anger. I, you know, I didn't know why that was coming from, and yeah. so it's amazing how many of these things we carry into adulthood and struggle with. But God has been dealing with me in those things, but it's not always been that easy or pain-free. But it's trusting God knows the best for us, and I think that's the encouragement that we need to give each other. This is discipleship for busy blow, busy blokes, busy blokes. Discipleship for busy blokes. I had a I had a picture at a men's breakfast that I ho- helped host last year, and it was like a World War One trench, and all the guys were in the trench, and the whistle would blow. Only one person would go over the chop and run off, and then they'd get taken out and then people would crawl along and pull them back in and then another person would go over the top but it was just one at a time and I didn't really understand that picture but then it made sense at this men's breakfast that we're all in this together we don't just watch our fellow brothers run out into whatever danger they might face Mm -hmm. in a a metaphorical sense in in the Christian world but we're meant to do it all together and sometimes we're the answer to the prayers that we offer yeah, like, so true. Lord, I, I need somebody to encourage me. I need somebody to come alongside me. And God says, well, I want you to find somebody who needs to be encouraged. I want you to find somebody who needs to, you know, that you can walk alongside. So <laughs> it's kind that, of that happens so often, God's kingdom. We can pray something and then we find ourselves not being rebuked by God, but being shown, well, yeah. that's the thing I need you to be for someone else. And I think he does that because he then shows us, um, he opens us up to receiving it better if we're helping deliver it. You know, that, there's a two-way sort of yeah. process going on there, isn't there? Just talk to us a little bit about, you said earlier, just this idea of shutting down in some of your feelings and so on. How do you think God has helped you open up in your feelings? What, what's been instrumental in that? One thing that comes to mind was uh, in 2012, I went to uh, a Father Heart conference. It was at Bath City Church, and a friend of mine recommended that I go to it. And it was like a four-day conference learning about the Father Heart of God. And for me, sometimes thinking of father, I would think of my my dad, um, and he wasn't the most patient of people. So, kind of equated God with my dad, which was a wrong image to have. But that was that was the That's one that I had. had. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. at this conference, it was from day one to the last day. People were crying and praising God and, and I was just like what's going on you know Lord zap me make me you know, fix me <laughs> sort yeah. me out Lord you know nothing's happened particularly for me although things were going on in my heart and in the background I remember it was the last hour of the last day the the pastor ended up praying for me and he, he was he was quite close to me and held my hands kind of up in front of me a little bit 
and he was just like repeat after me and he was asking me to repeat affirming words about myself and I couldn't do it it was like the words wouldn't come out and I thought no this is a this is a turning point here I need to do it so I just pushed through and I, I said the affirming words and I think that was the start of me taking ownership of my emotions and my feelings it's been a long journey with the emotions shutting down I think having a childhood that was pretty good although I wasn't the best at school you know I had a roof over my head and parents loved me my adopted parents and um, having experienced the truth that that wasn't my childhood although I lived it, it there wasn't you know it wasn't completely open and honest there wasn't uh, there wasn't a truth to it yeah although so it was my emotion wasn't quite yeah. what it seemed as it were yeah yeah mm-hmm. so then my dad who was my hero I used to go to his factory and help out in his workshop and for him to leave my mum for somebody else was quite hard so with with that I think I just took that rejection like he left me and my mum but I took that really hard yeah and I think finding out about the adoption as well it it was too much I think mentally I I couldn't handle it and I I remember saying to them oh yeah it's fine it's fine but But inside I wasn't fine I was I was torn to pieces and the world that I knew had completely collapsed so then I went into anger issues and um, dabbled dabbled with sex and at a very young age and all those kind of things that are not are not particularly helpful but well I think also I think if your foundations are are shaken to that degree you then it's well i think it's natural to end up thinking well what are the foundations do i have yeah. to go out and create those myself you know where 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 are my boundary lines what where are my reference points yeah and i think a lot of people will identify with your experience of well where are my reference points i haven't got any yeah talk to me a little bit about how god started to work with with you at that point or when you first started to realize that maybe that lifestyle wasn't what you wanted and you were starting to seek for something a bit more. I became a dad when I was quite young. I, we did the family thing, we went to church and I don't think I really knew what I was doing back then. I just did things, you know, I did Bible studies and went to church, but for some reason it, it didn't really go in. It didn't really strike a chord with me. I didn't really understand the things of Jesus or his sacrifice or what, what it truly meant. I think I was still having to break through that mental barrier in a way. Um, I ended up writing in a diary like there was a there was a knock on the inside of my heart in 2009 and it got louder and louder and I thought okay I need need to go back to church because I I spent 12 years away from church seeking answers in other things self-help books that weren't very helpful (laughs) Um, (laughs) things things like that you know reading books where they say oh yes the universe has the answers and they just all these books just seem to skirt around the issue yeah. that they didn't really know what the answer was and I, I knew what the answer was I knew I knew I needed to go back to church and just commit my yeah. life to the Lord and do it his way so just to change tack very slightly are there particular characters in the Bible that really speak to you or that that you really really identify with from perhaps from your history or now I mean who who's speaking to you at the moment from the Bible I think David is um somebody that we can all acknowledge or understand as in he was prone to you know different moods or you know different challenges with theology you have to prepare a paper 2,000 words um, find the books that you can quote as as sources and I remember reading God's word 
through a cover to cover a couple of times and I was like yes you know I've, I've read the bible in a year and then it's like well, what have I learned what have I remembered and to be honest it wasn't a huge amount so for, for me as a person and my learning style having to go into something quite deep and yeah having to answer a question I've I think I've learned more having to do that and that's helped me with my devotional studies yeah you know I thought I find Paul fascinating and the way he writes to the churches uh, learning more about Jesus at the moment, yeah. doing the Bible Project series on the Gospels. You know, even as a, a theology student, the more I learn, the less I know, which is, um, I guess, a lot of people know what I mean. But for me, that was a bit of a surprise. So it's like I'm learning these things for the first time. Yeah. So, yeah, so those... That, that depth that you're being encouraged to go for in your studies is really helping you yeah, appreciate definitely. Jesus a bit more yeah. and, and the word and stuff. Yeah, I love the context of things. I think God's given me a passion for going deep into the word because I surface read the Bible a fair bit and didn't necessarily get loads from it. So I think God knew that I needed that challenge to to go deeper into it. To you get know, behind it more. What did, yeah. what did Paul mean when he said something? What did the church here when they all heard the letter being read out to them you know we've got like this gap of 2000 years in our own culture and our own way of looking what's being written absolutely yeah but yeah, how yeah. it was written then meant something yeah and how it was to the people then. yeah and, and, and it, that, that's a very very important aspect yeah. and you know good bible scholars are going to get behind that and try and understand that as best, as best they can and um, what sort of hopes have you got for future ministry what what do you see yourself doing, you know, in, in next steps or in future seasons? What would you love to do? Oh, I'd love to help men, I think, with um, with men's ministry, but also younger guys coming up. One thing I referred to earlier was having guys uh, who are peers of mine. I didn't have a dad who taught me how to be a man. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't know what it meant to be a man, and I'm still figuring out some of those things now. And I think that's quite important as men in this day and age that we know who we are. We, mm -hmm. we know we're men, and that's not something to be ashamed of. That's something that God created us to be. We're made in his image. Um, so that's something I would like to do is be there for somebody who's up and coming and to encourage them and to to just say look you know this god's word is so exciting there's so much in here and the holy spirit can bring new revelation based on what was said to the people 2000 years ago yeah. and i think that when i start talking about god's word and and apologetics as well that's another mm -hmm. thing that i've enjoyed looking into a lot of it goes over my head but we we can still distill some of what these guys are talking about defending the christian faith and we can take that into our families or into our jobs or we have the light of the world in us and i think that's something that i'm starting to realize that gets me passionate it's yeah. god's word and can change people's lives it's it's changed changed my life hugely you're involved in men's ministry in your church just tell us a little bit about that if that's all right yeah it's something that's still in work in progress still growing i know what i what i like as a guy at a men's event but trying to put that on in in local church is quite challenging you know we don't want to leave anybody out but there's only so many things we can do we have men's breakfast a couple of times a year and we've uh, we've done a men's film night which has been quite successful we want to try and do a games night but it, it's finding that time to to do things properly i don't necessarily want to put on an event that's poorly run 
but ultimately I want them to be missional. I want guys that are in the local area to us to come along to them and to get to know us. I was saved through a youth club. I think I'm learning that church needs to have those the the outreach that yeah the touch points the, the community, yeah, the, isn't it the, the, those the connection those bridges that yeah. connect mm-hmm. between the church and the community yeah yeah oh, so good. I think that's um, what my heart is that we're we're on that discipleship journey we're we're in God's word we're we're knowing more more about who we are the more I, the more we know God I think the more He reflects back who we are mm-hmm. and that's something that I'm learning on this journey being discipled by other guys and then having the opportunity to disciple him other people like we said earlier come alongside people and just say hey you're not alone it's a great thought so. the, the what you said there you know the more we know god the more he reflects back who we are i really like that because i think it he does show us who we are yeah. more and more as we press into him and i think the irony is that our society that maybe doesn't follow god thinks it's all about self-empowerment and self-realization yeah. but really the journey with god is that it's the it's the ultimate self-realization in many ways because it's not about you. It's about about if you're totally submitted to him, he kind of gives you back the best version of yourself anyway. Absolutely. I, I think anyway. Yeah, you know. I, agree. I would agree. Yeah. yeah. And, that's a, and that's another realization. I'm I'm 47 and I'm sat there thinking, wow, I've just realized that for the first time. And it's like, <laughs> what have I done with my life? <laughs> Wasted yeah. so much time. But, you know, God is the God of second chances. And I think he's, he's fully aware of oh, who I am you. and you know the mis- mistakes i've made but i always remember peter jackson um the guy who did the father heart conference said that out of a mess god makes a message yeah and i think that's something that's i've brilliant. held on to yeah uh, absolutely uh he's always doing that in fact i think that's like one of his big skills to sort of take a complete mess and yeah. work his way through it you know and kind of come out and drag it back from you know horrible a horrible place and turn it into a something for his glory oh totally yeah um i'm gonna ask you if you'd indulge me i've got this little app darren and um i know you commented to me about it on previous podcasts and i, I really wanted to run you past this if you didn't mind um well, so right. for, the, for those listening we have this app um where you can kind of spin the wheel and uh it's got a stupid tune on it but we'll have a go and what it does is it it's got 12 options on it and we'll just see where it lands and i'll just put darren on on, on the spot a bit and we'll see what happens so let's uh, let's see if this thing plays i hope it does oh here we go so we have the music and everything. The so, um, tune. I know we did this with Liam a few episodes back, but let's have a go. Let's see what it en- ends up on. Here we go. I sat in the jacuzzi with Liam on mission trip. That's Here another story. <laughs> okay, so what we've got is we've got um, brand there. So tell me about a brand. We don't care about advertising or naming brand. brands at all on this podcast. So if you need to tell us about your Mercedes or anything like that, you go right ahead. So any brands that you like that you think are really good. <laughs> As a bloke. As a bloke. Um, yeah. I have a, a BMW 1 Series, which God had given me a opportunity to get. And I remember going into the the dealership in High Wycombe and we were like, yeah, we, we like BMWs, we like the 1 Series. And a bit like Batman, does it come in black? <laughs> For some reason, it had to be a black car. It had to be a black car. I'm not sure why. Yeah. And we saw this car and we thought, yeah, yeah, we, we're going to get that. We, we're going to buy that. And it was an absolute nightmare. Was it? <laughs> yeah, we oh. just had um, I had issues with the um, the main drivetrain oh, uh, went wrong, and it needed a new timing chain. And this was all just past the warranty yep. running out. So all credit to BMW. They're like, okay, we'll we'll pay half, but it was like a two thousand pound bill wow. to change this timing chain. And there are other issues with it. Yeah. 
but I've I managed to get a deal from them to trade it in for another BMW One Series, yeah. which has been which has been pretty good so far. But it kind of dented my you dented my your joy. trust in, yeah. in BMW. <laughs> but it is a, it is an amazing car, much better than my old Vauxhall Vectra that was was rusting rusting to bits but um i yeah. just think if you have to pay for a warranty on your new car to protect it i just think wow that's you yeah. know you need insurance for everything these days but i think I, i'm just a bit naive <laughs> <laughs> so so you've got a bmw and you kind of yeah. like that and that's yeah good. I, I stuck with that yeah well done good stuff let's spin the wheel again see what we get um let's turn the sound on uh here we go so we're gonna spin the wheel again and uh see what we've got and uh here we go we've got an event an event. So tell me about an event that you've... Uh, I'll just turn this off again. Here we go. Uh, tell me about an event that you've been to, perhaps a recent one that you've enjoyed or maybe got spoken to you at or that you got a lot out of. Just something, you know, whatever comes to mind, really. Yeah, well, it, I would say the recent Empower event at, um, at college in Great Malvern was was a great time of guys getting together, which I hadn't been on before. So yeah, I was really pleased to be able to come along. And with the men's ministry, I felt the Lord had given me a name for it when Scott, my pastor, asked me to head up the men's ministry. And it was called Discover. So I remember creating a, a little logo for it and the image I've used for it and have to try and describe it. It's kind of a snowy scene and it's a black and white scene. And there's a, a group of guys walking across like um, like a plateau, but it's all full of snow and they're all linked together with rope and i've always used that as our advertising imagery for our men's events and yeah. when we were mm -hmm. walking up the um to the beacon on the saturday morning it was really foggy it was wasn't and it, it just yeah. reminded me of those guys all being linked together because we were looking out for each other to make yeah. sure that nobody got left behind and people were emerging out from out the fog the and yeah, that's right. i felt the lord say that he just affirmed to me that the name i'd given the men's ministry was was okay and the imagery that i've used for it was 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 good oh, and great. i said to scott that i think we ought to be a, a band of brothers and i hadn't even heard of empower or mark jones at the time i didn't know that he had a group called band of brothers yeah so i just felt god had really affirmed me for my direction and my feelings it's okay to be me it's okay to have these thoughts and yeah i would yeah that was a, a great event uh, it is so encouraging when you when you are looking to god for some sort of confirmation and then that comes that confirmation and it shows that you're on the right track it was a couple of years that, later yeah so you have to have that patience yeah but, but brilliant patience well builds trust in god and it's amazing how yeah he's just blessed me it's there's so many there's so many stories there's so many challenges there's so many things that i've been deep in the pit but also i've been on the mountaintops and i've seen what god's been doing it yeah it's incredible Darren, it's been such a pleasure to chat to you and I really appreciate your vulnerability and opening yeah, up about you know, your, your teenage years and stuff. And I know a lot of blokes are going to connect with what you've said. Um, would you be kind enough to pray for us to close? Is that all right? Absolutely. Thank you so yeah. much. Well, Father, I just want to thank you for this time that Nick and I have shared together. And I do pray for, for those who will listen to this podcast. I, I pray, Holy Spirit, that it would be your words that they hear, that they would be encouraged by you, whether, whatever they're facing in their lives, that they, they know that they're, they're not alone, that we are a band of brothers, that we are men and we we stick together we want to support each other and encourage each other and i i thank you for for nick's heart as well and all those that are involved in church leadership and in empower 
that they have a heart for men and Lord you have a heart for us and I pray that uh, we would just have so many more testimonies about how good you are and what you're doing in men's lives in this country and, and throughout the world actually so we thank you Father and we ask your continued blessing in Jesus name Amen Amen, Amen. 